This is the Whatever You Say podcast. And she told me not to say that, but damn it. This is Whatever You Say podcast. How we doing, folks? Ivory Towns checking in with you for another go-round. I want to thank everybody for all the, the downloads, the listens all out there, man. And, you know, it's uh, for absolutely free right now. But hopefully you find some kind of entertainment out there. I appreciate everybody checking it out. Once again, this is brought to you by Cebo Alto, higher-level cuisines. Listen, if you know, you know, huh? If you know, you know. Check them out on IG, Cibo Alto, C-I-B-O dot A-L-T-O. Also, one more time for my partners, at Covington Heating and Air during this two-week, 115 everyday heat smash that we had the other day. Uh, my air conditioner kind of had its own schedule there for a minute. I called my folks at Covington Heating there. They came through, plugged me right up, and did not even uh, chop my legs off. You know what I'm talking about. Check them out also on IG, Covington Heating and Air. And uh, listen, I got a uh, another hip-hop edition version of the show. For all my boom bappers out there, um, this guy right here been doing it in Old City for a long time, for a while. I remember, I think I saw this dude. He don't even remember. I saw this dude at the mall at Quail Springs one time, and he was pushing his CDs, pushing his mixtapes, and I didn't think nothing of it. Just another cat out here trying to get it, and I'd be damned. Like 20 years later, he's still out here making moves. And if you don't know, now you know. I'm talking about Chris Monte Carlo. Chris the guy MC McCain live in the whatever you say studios. How we doing, man? I'm chilling, man. What's up? Ah oh, man. What's up with you? you? Appreciate you having me. Thank you for coming through, man. This is uh this is big for the podcast, man. I'm getting some um some some local staples in the town, straight man. Straight up, straight up. You know what I mean? Some guys who got uh who who stomped their footprint in this in this city, man, and and you still stomping? Latest album out. What's it called? Arrived. Arrived. Now that I'm here. Now that I'm here. Arrived what? was the first one. Now that I'm here is the is the follow up. Explain the explain the titles. What's what's the difference? Well, you know, I I did arrived. Um, 2020 is basically just arriving as a man, an artist. You know what I'm saying? Perfecting my craft. Not only uh. In music, but just in life, you know, as a husband, a, a father, a son, you know, a, a friend, you know what I'm saying, all of that. And just my whole ideology, like, we we never want to stop growing as long as mm-hmm. we living. Because mm-hmm. this life is a constant thing, you know what I'm saying? But uh, for the most part, I, I feel like I pretty much got it together, you know, and on, on what I want to do and how I want to do it, how I want to say it, you know what I'm saying? So I definitely have have arrived you know what i'm saying and uh so that project in 2020 was arrived and i just dropped one this year uh (laughs) like a couple months ago arrived now that i'm here Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so now that i'm here this this is it and um you just have to listen to it man as far as the project now that i'm here you have to listen to it and see why why it means that you know and as far as you know outside of the music you know just Look at me, see me when you see me, and you'll probably, you know what I'm saying, know what it is now that I am here. <laughs> I, I've listened to it. A lot of Old City references. If you're from the town, you know exactly what this dude's talking about. 
Um, but I think it, it's, it's obvious. And, you know, now that, I don't know, rap has kind of changed a little bit from when me and you were, I think we are around the same age. Mm-hmm. When we were younger, uh, rappers are more honest with themselves now. Like you just explained, they're not afraid to, to kind of grow up and mature anymore. What, what brought about your maturity and when did that come for you? You know, even when I was hadn't so much perfected my craft but was putting myself out there, like when you say you spoke up when you saw me at uh, Quail Springs, uh-huh. I've always been a, a transparent artist, bro. Like I always have. I, I never really, you know what I'm saying, fabricated my, my shit or, you know what I'm saying, I just rapped about my life, you know what I'm saying, and tried to put it a certain way, you know what I'm saying, like on the beats or, you know, in the songs. So, you know, now that now that I'm a, a husband, you know what I'm saying, a faithful husband, you know what I'm saying, and and I, I look at black women a certain way and I just look at my people a certain way. I always looked at my people a certain way, but I've grown to have a deeper love for my people, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying, black people that is. And so it's just like where I'm at in my life right now, you're going to get it in the music. And, uh, you know, it, it's I'm, I'm still going to make sure that it's dope, it's you know what I'm hard. saying? It, you you get what I'm saying? It, it, like it's gonna be nice, man. Like I, I can't really. Nice. I feel like I depreciate it when I'm trying to put it into words and say what I do. But uh, it comes second nature. It's not forced, and that's why I'm still doing it. It's just like, damn, bro. It's just it's me. It don't take much. This is who I am, you know. And uh, life is short, though. So people say I've been doing it for a long time. I have, but life is short. So what what's a long time? I'm gonna I'm say you know what this. I'm gonna say this. When when we were young, when I was younger anyway, I'm speak for myself. Like you know, we we coming up 12, 13, 14, 15. When I first started listening to to rap, it was all about N.W.A., Ice Cube, and all them, right? And here in Oklahoma City, we were West Coast out. You know, it was all about Dickies and, and milkshakes. And and then, you know, as we 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 grow, we go out of that and grow into something else. And I always wanted to know, coming up in those times, what were we going to be doing when we were 35, 40 years old? Right. Like, were we still going to be sitting there listening to rap music? And I'd be damned, here we are. And yes, we are. And you think about Pac, <laughs> Pac and Big, if they was living there yeah. in their 50s, would we still think that they was cool? Yeah. But you yeah. know, hip-hop culture and, and the genre is two separate things. But you know, it's still a baby in itself. It's still young. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So... Like you say, at that time, you never could imagine that niggas could be like Rick Ross and Two Chains and myself or mm-hmm. the Griselda niggas being the Butch and Westside and them. And Jay Z still got the best verse at 53. Niggas could probably never see that back then because the genre was so much of a baby. But uh-huh. rock and roll and shit, which we created too, but rock and roll, they got people, you know, 75 Ro- years old packing out arenas. Rolling Stone still torn. You know what I'm saying? So- and and will till they, till they drop. But but now you're absolutely right. Um, and then you know, forty, fifty year olds weren't listening. They weren't dealing with hip hop like 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 we are now. And right, and I ain't you know trying to sh- shit on nobody, and I ain't trying to act like I got all the answers. But if if you're gonna be like me, you know what I'm saying? Just turn thirty nine in June, and I could do a show, and and you look in the crowd, it's gonna be people nineteen, twenty, yeah. and it's gonna be people forty years old. Like I don't think they there because I'm trying to act like I'm twenty years old. Yeah. trying to rap like or act like or talk like or how the subject matter in the content of a, of a nigga 20 years old I don't think they there yet 
for that. They yeah. there because yeah. I'm transparent and my shit is dope. You know, um, they might got kids, got a family and can relate, or or they or they might not have kids or have a family and, can re- and relate, but they but they know how they gonna do it one day. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But um, yeah, bro, like I'm talking my shit, but at the same time, I'm thankful and I'm blessed to still be doing it, and I'm using the gift that God gave me. And I say all that to say this to other rappers and artists overall: just be true to you, be true, transparent, and and shine your light. Just being you, like don't don't try to walk within certain perceptions that society put on you because you could be out here looking goofy. See that, and and that's some of the maturity that I think that that has happened in hip hop in these last I don't know ten, fifteen years. Uh, maybe it's just a natural evolution. Uh, I think it was spawned on from from help from guys like Jay-Z, like Nas. You got J. Cole, Drake, you know, Kendrick, guys like that now who are carrying that torch and who are not afraid to be honest and talk honesty and, and you know, put the hard shit, the gangster shit to the side. And, you know, the, the nerds are, are, are the popular guys nowadays. It, it's kind of it's kind of switched on us a little bit, but right. it's still lucrative, obviously. And you still got... It's just another genre that we've opened up for everybody. You got the turn up guys. You be you whatever the, you want to be. Yeah, you got the mumble mouth guys. You got the turn up dudes. Still got the gangster rappers. You got the old cats. So, I mean, it, it's it's a you know the ladies just coming through, kicking the door in. So it, it's it's hip hop's in a good place right now. What what about Oklahoma's hip hop? What change have you seen in the artists in, in Oklahoma City or maybe just this region overall? Um. I think Oklahoma is uh, the new artist. They're a product of the internet making the world flat. So, um, <laughs> like... Making the world flat? Yeah, you know, the creative world. Because, uh-huh. like, it's this one girl named Handsome Girlie. Um, she's okay. from Oklahoma. She's dope as far as, like, styling her clothes, graphic designs, you know, um, making vlogs and blogs and just being a presence in a fashion world, in a model world, and creating clothes and selling clothes, cutting and sewing. And uh, the way her shit looks, her photos, the way she presented, it's, it's real fucking dope, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I like to call myself, I'm pretty good at prophesizing things. I could see her five years from now being pretty big, just in the United States and the world, period. She's from Chickasha. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, and not even the shit on her from being from Chickasha. I'm just saying that you get to see everything no matter where you at. Mm-hmm. You get to see everything. A lot of times with style or even with like the way you dress or a style of music or, or whatever, you have to see it. You have to go somewhere and physically see it. Right. You know what I'm saying? What say? Or what even say? like back what in the day, say? like we had to go out of town <laughs> and come back with some clothes or, or some shoes that wasn't in our city. Mm-hmm. Now... You just order online and the shit is everywhere. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We had to walk in the store to see what the Jordans look like. They know what the motherfuckers look like before they even come out. So the internet just making everything being is more accessible. But the real shit is always gonna stand out. So it's just everything is more accessible now. People need to get back to more exclusivity, being more exclusive and making more uh short runs, one on ones. Yeah. Like if I do some merch, I might do only like 10 pieces and I'm not going to do them again. You know what I'm saying? I'll change it up. Is that is that where I remember Common did this mm-hmm. uh, with that album B. It was only like 10, 12 tracks. 
Right. I was like, what the hell is this, man? <laughs> but that, that shit was great. Have you heard that album? Know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, that guitar started the yeah. album off crazy. It, it, it's a it's a ridiculous album, but you Kanye produced it. Right. Um, it, and it's only like 10, 11 songs. And I was like, this shit is too good. Why you only got 10, 11 songs? But, but his point was quality, not quantity. You know, and I think that's where we're having an issue with right now with the accessibility of everything. You can get a chance on anything. Mm-hmm. So it makes it hard to kind of, uh, you know, sift through the, what's really the good shit. You know, everything kind of looks alike, sounds alike. So what I got to sift through here a little bit and really listen to different things um, and, and see what really grabs me. But what that does do gives the weirdos a shot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, all the weirdos, all the guys who all the the, the the artists who were thought of to be maybe you're too weird you're too this you know, that's a little too crazy right it, we got a space for you now exactly <laughs> and, and we and you can put it out there to anybody you know what I mean it's giving the weirdos some shine yeah, and it's it making uh, a lot of people be intentional weirdos like they not naturally weird but they just trying to be weird for trying to go viral what my man say um uh he dope too uh Jay French. Yeah. Different ain't different no more. Right. You know what I mean? He got a song like that, Different Ain't Different No More. Right. You know, because like you say, we just want to just do weird stuff just to, just cause, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but, you know, you, you, you just got to put your put your ear to the streets and, and know what you like. And, and there's some real shit still out there. Like we say, you brought up Griselda. You know, these dudes are 30 some 40 years old. And, you know, everybody says they, they bring that feeling back. You know, of that, that old 90s grimy shit. That's so, real. I was just talking to my homie about there. that, man. I, I get inspired by them niggas being our same age, yeah. rapping for as long as we have been, putting shit out and being from a, a, a market that was overlooked and slept Small. on. Right. But yeah. I still think they don't relate to our pain, but I still get inspired by them niggas. And while New York is the mecca and there's so much money and labels and, and resource and opportunity there, you know, it's always going to be real niggas doing shit in the streets, but I'm just talking about in the underground, it's going to be niggas doing real shit everywhere, even New York, but I'm talking about in the forefront, in the mainstream of New York, mm-hmm. they kind of got away from the essence. When they was doing Atlanta shit and all this different radio shit, yeah. then you have some guys like Griselda come through, they like a breath of fresh air. They not from New no York radio. City. They from New York State, but yeah. they making the New York City niggas happy like, damn, they bringing that shit back when our niggas ain't bringing it back. And I love being a butcher and all them niggas. Them niggas is dope. They can rap, but mm-hmm. you know what? They bring that real New York feeling back, but guess what, bro? They not from New York City. And that means that, that's why to me, as popping as and successful as they are, at times they still feel like they being shunned yeah. by niggas like Funk Flex and other niggas. Yeah. And that's because you're not really from there, bro. And that's cool. But when me and my 405 Nation niggas come through, you about to really see something that you ain't never seen before. Of course, you know, it's, it's going to be uh, recognizable in certain elements. Like, you know, like me, for instance. Uh-huh. It's, not all even, it's not even all about me rapping, but me, for instance. Like, yeah, I sound like Nas at times. I sound like Game at times. Like, I'm not doing nothing just completely that you never heard of or heard something like. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I'm putting it together and, and my angles and, and, and my mindset is different. I'm saying it a way you never heard someone say it before. But anyway, 
Shout out to the Buffalo niggas, man. I, crying about being slept on, but you ain't you don't know this pain of an Oklahoma City nigga <laughs> right. being slept on. You, you, it, New York City is and the we next about to door. hit a hard reset on this game. <laughs> it's about to be a new testament. I'm telling you. Talk to me about your style, man. Uh, or or real quick, real quick. I, I I tell a I tell a quick story when I was at the radio station, and I think this is how this how confident you are. Listen, you walk around calling yourself the God MC. That's confidence. Chris Monte Carlo McCain. I like that one right there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I'll tell you a quick story. At the radio station, we had a little promotion we were doing. We were doing something for local rappers. And my man, uh, Elite One, and myself, I used to do like an hour on his show, come on there and clown around. And we put a little call out for all the local rappers. If you got a dope verse or something, or, or you know, if, if you can perform live, because that's what we were really pushing. Who can do it live? Who can do it on, on camera, stuff like that? And we had a bunch of rappers show up for like two weeks straight to the source, packed out the source every day and just recorded a lot of local rappers that came through and, and cut up the video and put it on the site and let people vote, vote on it and stuff like that, right? And so you had a song out called Jordan's in a Gold Chain, and it was on the radio. I said, okay, we need to yell. I said, well, of course. Why well, I mean, why well, have Chris McCain come through and, and, and spit a verse? He's been doing it, yeah. He's official. Of course. Let me reach out to him. I think I think we I DM'd you on Twitter or something from the from the stage from the radio station's account. And I DM'd you, told you what we got doing, the hip hop bracket battle challenge or something like that. I forgot what it was called. And and you hit me back, uh, Reach out to defrorecords at gmail.com. I said, this nigga just, did he just hit me with the Hollywood? I said, he gave me death. He thought we did call death row records. <laughs> I said, that was a nigga that did. Whatever oh, you say, man. I said, okay. That sounds like something that I would do. Uh, okay. And, okay. And, and, you know, damn, damn, damn. But, hey, this had to be like what? But I liked it, though. That was creative. 2008 or 2009 or that, something? That was, yeah. That sounds like, like something I would do, 12, bro. Maybe 12, 13. That, that was just my like way of saying I ain't interested. Exactly. That's, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. I said, and, and that's what I'm saying. And I respected the fact that. Listen, I'm not, I don't really trying to. Damn, that was you. I, I vaguely remember that, but shit. I was like, I, I respected the fact that you was like, listen, I don't want to deal with all this radio shit and these niggas can't fuck with me. What you want me to come show up and put on a show and record my shit? Nah, get out of here. Like, I, I respected that. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? I'm out, listen, I'm out here making money from my craft. Right. You can't just, you know, I, I, of course we would appreciate it if it didn't go this way, but I, but I, I appreciated that grind. Mm -hmm. And I've been out here doing this. No, nah, I don't just come out and just freestyle and put on, okay, the radio station going to be there, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, you know. And I love to rap. I love to pop up and freestyle. But, right. you know, at the time, I probably just didn't want to do it for various reasons, you know, like. Whatever. It's not no halftime show, you know right, what I'm saying? Right, like, right. <laughs> you know. Hey, but it, I have freestyle live on the air multiple mm -hmm. times. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Multiple times just live on the air. I have done that and, and enjoyed it. Word you know, is, shout out to Terry Monday. He went to high school with my daddy. Oh yeah? Mm -hmm. Shout out T Monday, no doubt, man. And word is, listen, and, and I got some some clarification and some some real certification the other day. Word is you, you know, I didn't, I didn't hear, hear about this until Jay Z made a big deal of it. Lil Wayne made a big deal of it. It was rumored that Biggie used to get down like this. You don't write in the studio, right? That's true, man. Um, 
So you a computer. Thank you. Uh, shout out to DJ Quick. And so you're a computer. Yeah. Thank you. Shout out to God for giving me the brain capacity. And shout out to DJ Quick and Too Short for inspiring me, man. I used to memorize day raps as a little kid. Uh-huh. And you know what I'm saying? I don't want to sound delusional and crazy like I live in my own world, bro. But, you know, I started rapping for fun, memorizing DJ Quick raps at eight years old. Then when I got to Millwood in 91, in fifth grade, me and my friends used to rap all school year. They was already in the studio with Bucket Low. Free okay. my nigga Ben Road and free okay. my nigga Narcotic out the feds. They was already working with Bucket Low. This is 91. Oklahoma City, back when the rap game was just east and west coast, we was more west coast. Right. This is 91, 92, 93, 94, making up raps, going to the studio, never writing these shits. Mm-hmm. You know, just like I know, did did we know who Jay-Z was then? No. We didn't know who Jay-Z was, bro. No. Or or even Biggie in 91. Right. And um, I'm not saying that I'm better than these niggas or nothing or on these niggas' level, but what I'm saying is a lot of times when people hear that I don't write, they want to reference that because they became famous for it. But we just in Oklahoma City living our own life organically and doing things not knowing about what grown men is doing it on the, in New York City. This yeah. is what I'm doing naturally up under God. So um, I don't want to sound like Bernie Mac on the butter rim. You can't take what we <laughs> were, baby. But I'm just saying, bro, uh, this Oklahoma City shit is real. You might not see it on TV, bro, but this shit is real. You heard my one song, Ain't No Local Nigga Fucking With Me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah bro. It's just and, like hey, where I'm from, the 12. locals hate it. Where you from, nigga, we save up to go on vacation. We see in <laughs> movies. Nigga, it's different. Hey, it said it 12 times. Just so, just so everybody, wasn't no misunderstanding. No right. doubt. Like, I didn't get on to Jay-Z to like 99 mm-hmm. when I was a sophomore in high school, bro. It's like, and I love Jay Z. He's one of my favorites. So you, so you didn't pick up on that on that classic first one until that first album, Reasonable Doubt. Ninety six, no. Yeah, until until Illmatic, Reasonable Doubt. This is stuff around ninety nine. I had to go back and go listen back. to. I feel you. Bro, I feel in ninety five, ninety six, we didn't want to hear nothing but Pac and Snoop. Yeah, well. and and Too Short and Quick, <laughs> DJ Quick. Uh, we didn't want to hear none of that shit. And that's why DJ Quick has always been dear to my heart, bro. And uh. We're going to talk about my brother JB because I love JB. That's my brother. No doubt. I don't think, I think people was just so caught up into what they had going on with the radio station and all that, that when I was really posting this DJ Quick shit, they probably thought I was kind of choosing sides. But no, bro, I got old tweets from like 2018 through 2019 where I'm like, man, DJ Quick, he need his flowers while he can smell them. Like, Mm -hmm. I love Quick. Just so happened, you know what I'm saying, the Perry's brought him. So it's like, I was all in on that. I was happy about that as yeah. a fan. I feel like Quick don't get his proper due in, in hip hop. You, you know what I'm saying? That, that, that was big. That was a big pull. Yeah. I didn't I didn't see that one coming. Right. I didn't see that one coming. Right. And I I'm not political, man. Um ain't nobody ever gonna tell me how to move. I'm always gonna walk in my truth. So me the way I was posting about being excited that DJ Quick was coming here. That was just me being pure, walking in my truth. I was happy about that. I'm not going to act like I'm not happy about it because some shit is going on with, you know, down the street and down the street. Like, no, you know, regardless of the past, me and my brother, we brothers, you know what I'm saying? That's my nigga. That ain't got shit to do with that. I'm just happy quick coming. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? 
happy quick coming. Happy he came. Yeah, I was going to ask about that, man. Um, you and JB, and just to give a little disclaimer, I talked to him. Was no pressure, you know, from him at all. No issues. That's my brother. I love him. You know, there's a little misunderstanding, disconnection, whatever, but no problem at all. But as detailed as you as you want to get or can get, what what was that issue, that little dust up with you and JB? Man, just real brothers uh, that had to get in the yard, but unfortunately the city saw it. JB is my brother. Um, we met when we was kids, 15 years old. We organically was friends, you know what I'm saying? Just natural friends and, and rapping together and shit like that. Mm-hmm. In little old Oklahoma City, a, a, a city that's still under development, you know what I'm saying? And we didn't know that we would be who we are in this city back then, you know what I'm saying? Right. But uh, like my homie in the pen told me the other day, we don't we don't choose who our friends are, you know what I'm saying? It's happy how, I mean, it's uh, not happy, it's uh, interesting how God, you know what I'm saying? We don't pick our friends. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, we just real brothers, bro. So it's just like brothers fight, you know what I'm saying? So it's like people might be like, oh, man, was you over at Annie's house? Oh, I remember back in the day at Annie's house, uh, such and such, they got in the yard and started fighting. Right. But it wasn't a big deal. Whoever was there, they saw it, and them niggas kept pushing on. It's tough love as brothers, you know? But unfortunately, when we got in the yard, the city had to see it. So it probably wasn't as easy to push past. Right. You know what I'm saying? And in the heat of the moment, just like anybody, a couple, a brothers, sisters, in the heat of the moment, you probably say, oh, well, well, fuck you. You know what I'm saying? That's why, nigga, remember that time? You ain't never paid me that money back, nigga. <laughs> fuck you, nigga. You, you broke. Bring it up and, all And the motherfucker might look at you and be like, damn, you really said that to me? Right. But you push past it. Yeah. And that's how it is with me not writing. You know what I'm saying? When he says some things about me, on his album in response to stuff I said to him I just went in the studio and boom said what I said just like that I said some things that I probably shouldn't have said but you know hip hop is uncut and raw like that but I say all that to say this we just got in the yard and I said some things that I probably shouldn't have said in the argument but since we who we are it was documented on record but that don't take away from him being my brother from when we was kids and that's another part of me arriving too is like People don't have to have the same ideologies and the same views on everything. You don't have to be mirror images. You could be very much the same, but also different. Yeah. And and just respect the person for being different. And and even if you feel like a person didn't do something right in a certain situation, you have to grow to realize, man, they probably meant no malice. You know what I'm saying? Just because you would have done it a certain way and they didn't do it a certain way. That don't mean that this nigga's like, ah, oh, man, fuck that. Like, you just have to accept it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah, yeah. all in all, man, J- JB, my brother, man, God God chose us to be friends, man. And, and we still cool to this day, you know? You know, you know what? I'm going to just give these guys a slow clap. Because I talked to, to JB, and I, like, and I told him the same exact thing. I'm so glad that that's the energy between you two. Because in my lifetime, in my time in Oklahoma City... JB is kind of new. I didn't, I didn't really get, get a hold of him until I started working at the station. But he's made such a big rise so quickly, mm-hmm. right? And he's done so much for the city so quickly. And then you've just been that staple just in the city, just doing his thing. Hold on one second. I'm going to take a call live on the air. I think it's dope being raw like this. Okay. Uh, how's it going on, sir? Good. How you doing? Oh, my bad. I'm, a, I'm in the middle of doing something. Uh, 
What does what is, what is 130 uh, sound like for you? Can we do it early, like 8.30 or 9 in the morning? Uh, no, because I have to drop off my truck in the morning. <laughs> oh. uh, okay, just... Uh, on that side of town, somewhere right around between 10 and 12. Okay. I got property, you know, I got property over there that we're doing some work on. It. I will be free around that time tomorrow, so we could just communicate with text and, and let's meet up podcast. tomorrow. Okay. All right, appreciate you. Yes, it's commercial space over close by my neighborhood. Uh-huh. Yeah, but um yeah, no, nah, you trying, yeah. what you going to do? Chris McCain got his own own shop coming? Yeah, man, I got to talk to a couple of my partners and see what we going to do. Um but yeah, man, no. Nah, uh JB has been rapping just as long as me. He started rapping like around 7, 8 years old. Um and it's a lot of people that's been rapping in the city just as long as us. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But um while I was putting out CDs and doing shows in a, in a certain demographic of the city and doing shows, he was also doing shows too. But he was uh he wasn't putting out music, but he was doing shows and and uh, with another demographic of the city too. But okay. it's all one. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But uh, probably about 2009 is really when he probably really started hitting his incline. You know what I'm saying? Um, covering certain grounds then it comes back full circle you know what i'm saying where it's put on the forefront so everybody could see it so that's probably why you uh you probably hadn't heard of him until recently mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying but he's been doing this thing you know what I'm saying we've been doing our thing and um well when, once i saw he hooked up with mers and i was like oh mm-hmm. you know mers and then i saw the the habit co-sign and then chuck d i'm like oh okay my man's out here making moves. I didn't know he had two Emmys. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn it. I knew about one. I didn't know about two. Right. So, you know, I, I'm just I'm just glad that both of y'all are representing the city so well and, and y'all are connected, you know, and, and you know, two is always better than one. Two MCs is always better than one. I'm I'm just waiting for the joint project. That I'm almost sounds like some uh algebra or some chemistry or something. <laughs> Two MCs. What what that equal? Be, be, better than one. You hear yeah, me? I, some, I'm waiting for the joint project, man. Yeah. That's all. I'm waiting. So we'll see what happens, man. But shout out to both of y'all, man. Chris McCain live in whatever you say studios. It, it, your business side of of your music. Are you? You got our own label going. You got the Four or Five Nation. I heard you reference that a few times. Yeah, Four or five, five Nation for sure. How um, we getting paid off this? Man, right now, you know, shows, yeah, merch, streams, of course. But the Four or Five Nation is for sure a label. But it's not all about the music. It's um, it's a collective, man. Um, we also got Four or Five Nation Sports getting uh, ready to start a, a youth basketball league. Uh, you know okay. what I'm saying? And it's more like a fraternity you know what i'm saying of people of supporting each other all creatives that i respect creatives and artists that i respect and um not even just creative and artists just uh creatives and artists just people you know what i'm saying that i'm close to and i trust them along the ride with this you know what i'm saying but yeah um four or five nation man you know when i'm when i'm 53 years old or something like that I might shut the whole game down like Jay-Z did with a verse <laughs> here and there. But it's not even all about me rapping, bro. I'm, I'm going to be like the 
the modern day, but East Side, Old City, uh, you know, Barry Gordy, Quincy Jones, Diddy, just the way, because <laughs> man, you know, my music has got a lot better, and I'm and I'm in rare form, but it's not only because of my rapping ability, it's because just my whole insight on art, my whole creative approach, the way I compose music, you know, the way I format music, whether it's the vocals or the actual production or, or linking um, musicians together. Do you so, produce? You, you make beats too? I don't physically do them, but uh -huh. I sit with producers and like, let's put this no here. Let's put you. this here. So I feel like if I got the the skills or the the ability to keep people drawn into me for all these years people don't feel like oh i'm about to blow or i got this going on oh he got this going on it's just straight oklahoma city raw and uncut mm -hmm. and if i do a show next weekend it's gonna be at least 100 people there from age 19 to 40 something yeah just on the last minute humbug they coming out they fucking with me it's no gimmicks it's no antics it's all raw and uncut and and that's i think that's for me just having dope ass music that they can connect to transparent art and me just being good and getting in a realm and rare form to where I'm always trying to do some dope shit so what I'm saying is if I could do that with myself I know that I if I could bring out the best in myself if I could always get better you you got a good ear and a good I, eye I, to bring I, that to other artists else. that I got yeah. that I believe in yeah. and, and I feel like once I get in the studio with them the best is yet to come, even from them. So what I'm saying, this four or five nation shit, bro. Like, we might be in LA, and 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 me and a couple of the homies in our forties, we might be at the House of Blues. But our young boy, he gonna be at the Staples Center. Ah, you know that. what I'm saying? Four or five nation. That's that. that's what I'm talking about right there. I heard that, no doubt. What do you always have to kind of remind folks of or about Oklahoma City's art scene, Oklahoma City music scene? When you go outside of this region, when you go take your show on the road, what some Shit, of those, they those even, basic questions. They don't even be knowing that black people is here, bro. <laughs> like they don't, and um, you just ask. I hear that. That's you hear homies, homies just drive trucks and shit. They might be somewhere, and they people be like, "Oh, Oklahoma!" Like they don't even really know that it's black people is here, yeah. and they think it's all you know. what I'm saying horses, horses and, and stuff. And, even yeah. though we embrace that culture too. Yeah. Shout out to Devoted Media, the homies. They got a, a documentary coming out on Oklahoma black cowboys, but we embrace that. But you know, they they don't really know what it is, but. Niggas is talented all over the world, all over America, in every inner city, every hood in America, niggas is talented. Mm -hmm. Like, it might be some niggas in Omaha, Nebraska, fucking uh, Milwaukee, fucking Utah. Like, we don't think that it's black people in Utah. Me and you probably don't, because yes. we see car, uh, uh, you, uh, the Utah Jazz games, we see the Mormons, and we right. see Stockton and them, but they probably got hoods in there. They probably got Bloods and Crips in there. Every, and they probably got some dope ass rappers every there. Every state got a hood, man. And that's why every city got a hood. And that's why Chris McKay is always dope as fuck with the raps and what I do, because as dope as I am, people don't know who I am. Right. So I know in those other uh, inner cities around America, some dope ass niggas. Some other, so that's some what other keeps McCain's me on my toes. <laughs> I got homies that's dope as fuck at, at rapping, but they never pursue far as like trying to put themselves out as a rapper or put an album out or even call themselves a rapper and they dope as fuck 
So that's the type of shit that kept me dope. Like, I can't be slacking with this shit. I'm really mm-hmm. out here doing this shit. How the fuck can I be slacking? So I do a show. One of my homies in the crowd, I could probably call him up unexpectedly and get on the mic and he would kill that shit. So I'm just saying, if I got that type of them type of peers, it's no way that I could be half-stepping with this shit. So that's one of the many elements that always got me to where I'm at now, to where I, I can't be bullshit. You know what I'm saying? I'm always striving to get better. And when people hear me say it, getting better, getting better, getting better, I hope they don't get it fucked up because I'm nice than a bitch. <laughs> but as long as I'm living, bro, I'm going to strive to get better. I don't care how good I am. I'm trying to get better than the last, better than the last, better than the last. Like the shit you heard, uh-huh. I could show up and perform that anytime. But I'm not really on that like no more like that. I'm trying to get better than that. You know what I'm saying? That's behind me now. I feel you. You know what I'm saying? I but I, I love it, though. But all of that's behind me. It sounds crazy, bro, but I feel like I haven't even made my debut. That's 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 the mind frame you're supposed to have. No, honestly, because even from a production standpoint, I work with certain musicians and certain producers, and it's like we're doing what we can for our samples or beats they made or uh-huh. beats that I might get off YouTube, network with a producer. But how I hear shit in my head... Until I have all the time and all the musicians and all the tools to really get it out how I hear it in my head, I haven't made that ideal album. I, I, ideal album. And um, yeah. even with the raps, like, I'm trying to make some shit that's so cold, make you want to jump out this of moving car. <laughs> like, oh my goodness, did he just say that nah, type shit? You know what I'm saying? Listen, man, you nice, man. And, and, and I remember I was going over some of your, your early stuff when you was doing your, making your videos on, on YouTube. Listen, them, and I guess we would call that beat raping back then. Uh-huh. That, that, that it's like you were picking the the best beats, mm-hmm. and not just the most popular beats, but even beats that maybe kind of were underground. Maybe they get a spin or two on Rap City, but the but the beat was live. You would pick that beat. So I mean, I I, I appreciate and, and respected your ear of of, of 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 when it come down to the production and how you want your music to sound. What was what was young Chris like? What were we in the streets as a youngster running with the Crips and the Bloods? We had two parent home, single parent home. What was young Chris doing? Man, two parent home for sure. Blessed for that. My daddy is from Creston Hills, twenty okay. fourth, right there. You know what I'm saying? And um, my uncle still live in that house over there. But um, he was like fourteen years old. He used to ride his bike to my mama's house, and my grandma still lived there. Park Estates, 46th okay. Street. So uh-huh. Eastside Babies for sure. And uh, uh-huh. they were uh, one of the the rare old couples that uh, it happened a lot back then, but not always because I had plenty of homies in, uh, that had broken homes and didn't know their daddy. But back then, people were staying together, mm-hmm. you know, from like high school and shit. I guess it still happens to this day, but probably not like it used to. They bought a house like at 23 years old. Um in, in Park Estates. My daddy working two jobs and shit. My mama working two jobs. You know, um, my daddy working a couple jobs where my mama go to LPN school, you know. Right, right. my You know, my mama working while my pops go to barber school. My pops still cut hair in the mid-dub. Shout out to the mid-dub homies. But anyway, definitely grew up around Bloods and Crips in Park Estates. Still mm-hmm. my homies to this day. Crackheads in the neighborhood. Crackheads is still there. The <laughs> same crackheads when I was a kid, they still... Outside the Kelly market, they still in the neighborhood. Crackheads are resilient. And man. what they say, uh, <laughs> well, you know, I, I got a joke, bro. I never do no crack, but they say like a lot of illnesses and stuff is mental. Uh-huh. Man, 
I was joking with my mama like, hey, them crackheads still out here. I think they hit that rock, they free in the mind. They not really stressing. They still out here. You yeah. wouldn't think they would have died off. Boy, they still out here. Hey, they strong, but man. But anyway, man, me having they a two-parent home, I dabbled into a lot of things. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I fucking... And by the grace of God, I ain't never been to the penitentiary. I've been to jail, but I ain't never been to the penitentiary. Mm -hmm. But I ain't no saint. I definitely done some things that could have gave me a football number type sentence. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? And by the grace of God, it didn't happen. And also, I think me having a two-parent home, I would always just dibble and dabble. I would have one foot in. And one foot out. Then I never, all, I never got two feet in. Never like did a, commit all the way. Yeah. So if I would have yeah. took those same chances, way more like some of my homies, I probably uh, would have went to the penitentiary. You know what I'm saying? And or got killed. But also by the grace of God, because um, I got homies too that that got murdered and they probably just wasn't two feet in like that. But you know, just bad luck. But yeah, I definitely, you know, Park Estates and Wildwood, man, I definitely seen a lot. You know, I know a lot of tricks of the trade when it comes to this street shit. And I got, you know, one of the biggest bloods in Oklahoma City, and he's known around uh, in Cali, is one of my close friends. I had to okay. learn how to call him by his blood name comfortably, you know, because I knew him <laughs> by his government name. That's one of All my right. close friends. And I got a lot of blood homies, and I got a lot of crip homies. But um, I always was confident to always be myself. And they respected me for that. I, I never was trying to bang rep bloods or, or rep crips. They, I was just me, and they respected me for that. You know what I'm saying? And um, but yeah, I got blood and crip homies, got dope dealing homies. You know, robbers, all that. You know what I'm saying? Jackers. You know, just all that crime and street shit, all the streets of the strays, uh, pimping. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't kind of dabbled into all of it, but you know, just off the temptation of money and just trying to be a a, a young man, you know what I'm saying, on a, mm -hmm. on a quest out here. But I've always been true to who I am. But, yeah, definitely was raised in a two-parent home. And shout-out to my mom and my daddy for helping me navigate through that. But, you know, I could have slipped up and made some mistakes. And they'd be like, damn, Chris, Chris, no, he wasn't raised like that. He in right. a pen. You right. know what I'm saying? But it's, it's bunch, always like that, it's though. There's a bunch of them in there like that. But, it's, but it's also a catch-22 because – uh. A nigga be like, oh, man, you ain't gangster. And then a nigga, he pop your ass, and then it'd be like, oh, man, that nigga stupid. Now he in jail. <laughs> right. Like, right. it's a no win. And I'm not yeah. even talking about for me personally. I'm yeah. saying anybody. There's anybody out there. The, yeah. the most rawest nigga, somebody going to say he's stupid if he went to the pen, but they going to say he hard for doing it. You know, it's a catch-22, bro. And, it, and, it's, and sometimes that, that, that quiet kid that you thought was weak and – you know what I'm saying? You can just punk that nigga anytime you wanted to and just say whatever you wanted to. One day he's going to snap. He's going to show you who, what's, what's real. Right. You know? Now, he might trick himself off or whatever, but you pushed him, and that day he showed you what was happening. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it, it, and it happens for everybody. But I think one thing that, 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 and I always, you know, now I got kids, and I always say it's very important two-parent home. We've seen some successful one-parent homes, and I came from a broken home. Mm -hmm. both, both my parents... They, they they split up with each other and they both tried to remarry and got divorced again. So it, it just, and I was there for all of it, bouncing around house to house to house. Um, but my father was involved all through that time. And then when I got about eight, nine years old, I went and lived with my father full time. And just like you, I had a bunch of family members, a bunch of friends that didn't have their father. 
But one thing I always had was, and he wasn't strict or anything like that, but he was just there. And just because he was there and, you know, because you're going to have that basic, simple respect for your father, you had that little bit of fear, you know what I'm saying, in your daddy still. You know, no matter how tough you thought you was in those streets, you know you still had to go home and see Pops. And, yeah, Mama might go easy on you a little bit. You maybe can talk her out of it, you know, calm her down a little bit. Pop's going to go upside your head. And right. I think that's what kind of kept, at least for me. Speaking, like Furious Styles. Speaking for me. Exactly, exactly. Like like Trey and Furious, Furious Styles. Pop's going to go upside your head. And it was just like that. He was, my, my father was a single dad raising me by myself. Um, and, you know, my brothers and sisters, they were with their, their mother and father. So it was kind of like that. At least for me, that's what kept me out of trouble too bad. I got my little bit of trouble also. But I think that's what I hear coming from you, at least. You know, I had a two-parent home that I had to go report back to, you know, and no matter, at, at, at any point, no matter what I thought I was doing out here in these streets. You know what I mean? This mm-hmm. is the Whatever right. You Say podcast. So, and you know, it was just the temptations of the streets. The yeah. fast life, the girls wanting fast money. You see it around you. And um, also the music. The music, you know, the I mean, music influences us heavy, just like it influenced the kids today. And I'm one of them guys kids, that man. was rapping, too. And we come from the era where... You have to live what you rap. And that's probably why I'm living while, what I rap to this day. But we come from that time where you had to live where you rap, what you rap and are, shit. Are, are, these, are these new little youngsters, they, they kind of took it to a new level. They're a little wilder than us. Yeah, they, they are. They, they, they taking it to, to, to times 10. Yeah, they uh, less structured and, and less respectful. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's kind of wild. They, they make up enemies. They call them ops. They make right. it up. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. But, you know, we have to be accountable, too. We can't just be pointing the finger at them. We have to uh, just do better and try to guide them. And that's another thing with 405 Nation. I'm, I put efforts towards that. And, and that's another reason why I rap the way I rap and put my family at the forefront. Just let let young niggas know, man, it's cool to, to love your woman. Because I ain't got all the answers, but I think that's the root. Broken homes, bro. If, I'm with you. If, if if you know what I'm saying, if bitches ain't shit, you know what I'm saying. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to knock you down. I'm just trying to meet you and knock you down. You know, I'm not trying to be with you. You know, if, if we can't love our women, we can't love our mothers. We can't love ourselves. So that quick little, you know, you meet a chick downtown, smash her, probably knock her up or something. You don't ever have no intentions of being with her. She's going to be mad at you. She's probably going to end up despising you, hating your guts. All right. You're going to look up. Y'all little kid is going to be 12, 13, 14, and, and, and you know, and he he ain't going to really – he's going to grow up so quick without you, and it's like you never know how he's going to feel about his mama because you never showed her the love. You never know how he's going to feel about his daddy. He's not going to really respect himself, himself probably, to, and he's going to really be ready to have an op so quick. And guess what? In a couple more years – he about to have a baby too, and it's about to be a cycle. Yeah. So this shit starts with broken homes. This shit start with loving our women. If if we could really do that first, I think that's the first step of us getting on the right track, bro. That's that's once again that's new talk for a rapper. What 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 age? When when did that change for you? Because I can't imagine. I mean, listen. I know we all we all want to keep it real with ourselves and say, listen, this this is what I talk. This is what I rap. This is how I am. But early Chris McCain wasn't, wasn't thinking like this, right? I, when, I, when, when did that change for you? I definitely was, but I hadn't fully evolved. You know what I'm saying? Right. But I definitely was um, 
I think, when did it start becoming evident in your music? When you start being, okay, you know what, I'm going to say that in my 2012, music. 2012, you yeah. know what I'm saying? I watched Hidden Colors, you know what I'm saying, with Dr. Ubar and all yeah. them guys. And, and I feel like they put, I always felt this way. Shit that I learned on Hidden Colors, I, I felt this way, but I couldn't really fully articulate it. Yeah, yeah. It, it fucking just, yeah. It was like, damn, this shit, they putting it clear to me. This is ways I always felt, but I couldn't articulate it. And uh, even Jay Electronica, I always thought he was a dope rapper. He with the Nation of Islam. But I never just got deep into him like that. I never listened to his music really like that besides mm -hmm. like one or two songs. But for some reason, after I saw Hidden Colors, I uh, listened to Jay Electronica. And he was talking a lot of that talk from Hidden Colors. And I felt like that was the universe. Like if I would have... I wouldn't have really understood that shit before Hidden Colors. You know what I'm saying? But but that kind of played a part. You know what I'm saying? I've always been, way before Hidden Colors, I've always been just very pro-black pro and wanted to just fuck with my people only. The rain, sleet, the snow, win, lose, or draw, the good and the bad. It's not always easy fucking with your own people, but I always wanted to just boss up and level up with my own people. Bro, let's do this record label. Let's get this uh, hip-hop spot. Let's fucking do this. I always just wanted to do it with, with my partners, yeah. niggas that look like me that I can really relate to. No matter how much we know the business or don't know the business, we put our money together and let's do it. That's how I was then and that's how I am now. You know what I'm saying? I, I want to win with a, a certain way, and I and I and we will win a certain way, bro. It's part. That's another part of the hard reset and the culture shift. What, what did what did that? You said hard reset. Talk about this this uh, quarantine we just came out of. How how'd that affect the career? Did it put you on pause for a minute? Gave you some more time to create. Yeah, definitely. What did uh, you do during that pandemic? You know, people was getting sick and dying and shit, so I don't want to make light of it, but when everybody was just in the house and it wasn't no clubbing and it was just people in the house, I think I capitalized because that's when the creatives is going to rise. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely capitalized off of that. Off of that. I made a shoe. Um, sold 30 pairs of shoes, arrived shoes. I made a shoe, did a lot of merch, uh, made the arrived project. And I hate to say I capitalized off a, a pandemic, but yeah, I did. I never got a PPP loan, but I was fucking getting money, though, because everybody had money to spend. <laughs> right. Right? Right, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I definitely was getting money and then got signed to Motown Records. Shout out to my- uh, Word. Congrats, my, man. My Tulsa homies. It was like if Fire in Little Africa was like Wu-Tang, it was like we one big group. Uh -huh. So I was a part of that group, and we got signed to Motown. You know, that was a blessing. Um and, and you know, the Tulsa niggas in the Tulsa scene, man, that shit changed my life. And you know, my Dame Dash, my best friend from eight years old, he got murdered when uh he had just turned twenty five. That was mm. my my Dame Dash for real. And uh, I always just try to line things up with the universe. But him and I used to go to Tulsa like in two thousand four a couple times. Then we went a couple times in two thousand seven. And uh, he was murdered in 2008. And you know what I'm saying? To even get a little deeper, because that's just how my mind is. You know, he uh, when he passed away, he got murdered. I'm getting deep, but fuck it. Go ahead, man. Whatever you say. They took his body to Tulsa, because it was some people that his parents knew. Uh -huh. They took his body to Tulsa. They did him in Tulsa. Then they brought him back to Oklahoma City and had the funeral. And, you know, I used to... Uh, 
me and him was going to Tulsa in 2007, but I started going back to Tulsa in 2016 on some God MC shit when I was evolving uh -huh. and just really connecting with those guys. And then fast forward to 2020, 2021, that shit really changed my life. And I ain't trying to be delusional, but I look back like, bro, that was the last trip my partner made before he got out of here. And that was my nigga from eight years old, my Dame Dash for real. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I get kind of choked up, but... He really made that trip before he got out of here. And me making, when I go on that same Kilpatrick turnpike, I think about that was my nigga last trip. And and that shit really changed my life going out there. You know and, what I'm saying? And I and I hate to bring it to this, but. It's like my nigga still working. Yo, he made his, he's still working from heaven or he made his last move before he got out of here. On some universal shit, though. And you I know? hate to bring it full circle, but I, you see what's going on in Tulsa right now. Right. You know what I mean? They got they on first 48 every week. Right. You know, they and then on first 48. Yeah. But also on the arts, it's a big culture shift. It is. My it niggas is. worked hard for that shit, too. Shout out to World Culture Music. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Steph Simon Dalton. I don't even want to get the name and names because I don't want to leave nobody out. Right. But them niggas, just like me and JB been cultivating the whole culture out here, and shout out to the ones before us out here. They was also cultivating the culture out there. And, and, you know, with Black Wall Street being 100 years and shit like that, I see the that whole world and the whole nation is taking notice. I so see they revamping that whole thing. Yeah, it's a yeah. lot of money in Tulsa, and yeah. my niggas is getting it as they should. And, and they always fuck with me as they Oklahoma City nigga out of respect and just being real-ass niggas because they don't have to. They ain't got to fuck with me. They could just be quiet about it. Hey, am I, am I, them niggas know who I am and, and know that I'm nice and know who I am. And they real enough to still fuck with me. Because you can know that a nigga nice and just don't fuck with them. You don't have to be a real nigga. You don't. You got to be, a, you know what I'm saying? You don't. Real niggas know how to tame other real niggas. And it's a beautiful thing when we all come together. And I remember coming up a teenager and... In the 20s, it wasn't always like that between city niggas and Tulsa niggas. And we talk it about that, too. It wasn't always like that. And it's still like that, too. You know, you know what I'm saying? But it didn't got a lot better. Yeah. And, you know, another story. I got hella stories. That shit was deep. And we talk about that, how it had changed now. But a lot of shit stayed the same. Yeah. A couple of my Tulsa homies, we was talking about really making a documentary about that. But, um, you know, street politics runs real heavy, especially in the penitentiary. Sure. So, um... You know, a lot of gang politics, too, is really even heavier in the penitentiary than it is in the street. So what I'm getting at is, while I'm down there and I'm going to Tulsa a lot, when we doing that Motown shit, I'm talking to one of my day one homies, and uh, I'm like, bro, you got to come out here with me, with me. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's love. He's like, Tulsa niggas. I'm like, no, nah, it's not like that, bro. Yeah. I'm saying, especially not the niggas that I fuck with. It's love. It's a right, new right. day. My nigga... Just got locked up last year. You know what I'm saying? He been locked up almost two years now. He in the work center now. But uh, he was having a terrible time with Tulsa niggas in there. Really? Like having to sleep with his shank and shit. Uh -huh. And then I'm like, damn, that's a setback. I'm trying to tell you how this <laughs> Tulsa shit is. And you don't want to hear shit about a Tulsa nigga now. Because he was in there locked up with a bunch of Tulsa niggas. And it wasn't love. Like, I'm in here and, going through it, nigga. I so, don't want to hear that so shit. So that takes me back to the point uh -huh. that I was making that. Shit has changed, but a lot yeah. of but a lot of street politics remains the same in the penitentiary. You know, um, so when they come out, it's hard to get them 
a, a, you know, up to what we're doing now. Right. You know, for they've been dealing with that for 5, 10, 15, have a long their stretch was. Exactly. You know, and we trying to, you know, hey, man, come on, let's go up here. And they're like, what? Mm-hmm. Please. I, you know, so I get it. I get it. And, yeah, that shit spills out of there onto the streets in the real life. Um, but hopefully, man, guys like yourself, uh, 405 Nation, you know, whatever Motown, whatever moves they making up there, y'all can get it back cracking, man. And we can, we can bring some 405 love and unity right. to the music and art scene. Because you're right, OKC and Tulsa, the arts and entertainment music scene are, are rising at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right? They're coming about at the same time. And, you know, if the Thunder can ever get back on track, you know, maybe they can give uh, OCD a little, a little kickstart, man. And, and I don't want to be long-winded, but let me say this about Tulsa. This is how I view Tulsa, a special thing about Tulsa. Uh-huh. And um, I was going to say this maybe on a different platform, but shit, tomorrow ain't promise. Hey, it might have been not a podcast or something. It might have been an album or something, but tomorrow ain't promise, so I'm going to just say it now. I appreciate it. Let's this, get it off. This is the thing about Tulsa to me that, that they should be very proud of. You know, um, it's kind of opinionated, but I feel like a lot of my opinions is way more close to the facts. <laughs> okay. It's no real answer, but if you had to pick one song in black culture that it just was fucking one song, fuck genres, just black culture, one song that's the best song of all time. Oh, man. Me? What you got? I say it's Computer Love. And the reason why, because okay. Computer Love, it sounds so fucking good. Okay. The the beat, like it's it's old now, but you just got to think about when that's I listen to music, I think about hearing it for the first that's time. A timeless, like, that's a timeless track. Like, oh my God, they did this. Yeah. So the beat, the way it sounds, the way it feels, how much it's been sampled in black culture, hip hop culture. We probably lost count of how many times it's been sampled. Yeah. It's probably been sampled times and we ain't even know about it. Yeah. Where it's on people's publishing, on their Wikipedias, and on mixtapes in the streets. It's been wrapped over or sampled so many times. Computer love. And then, how prophetic the song was. Look at people getting married for motherfuckers <laughs> they never met before on the other side of the country, okay, on the you. other side of the world. FaceTime. This is before smartphones. This is before FaceTime, touchscreens. This is before the internet. And my nigga talking about computer love. That shit was prophetic without Roger Troutman even knowing, bro. So when you factor in everything that I just said about that song, to me, Chris McCain, my opinion is close to the fact in black culture, how can you argue with a song being sounding better sonically and prophetically what it means to today's culture? And that's probably the best whatever song. You say, whatever so, you say, whatever you say, whatever you say. Computer love. <laughs> computer that, love. So I'm still on Tulsa, though. Yeah, yeah. They was on tour, Gap Band, uh-huh. with, with Roger Troutman and them. Zap. Uh-huh. Yeah, play that thing. <laughs> right? Roger and, and calls Charlie up to the hotel room. You know this story? And, got, and, 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 and it's Charlie Wilson, not to take you off, Charlie Wilson's voice is just as timeless as this song. Right. Charlie Wilson's voice is going nowhere. Right. It, it's same tone, same sound, same strength. Right there out of Tulsa, and you, man. And you know the science on that. They on tour. Roger uh-huh. called Charlie up to the hotel and played it for him. Just the music. Uh-huh. Charlie just off the top of the Got head. Got into it. Off the top of the head. Computer love. Uh-huh. That's where it came from. Tulsa. Greatest song in the world. Tulsa. Now, this ain't about Chris McCain's opinion. 
because my opinion is the best album in hip hop culture to me is Machiavelli. Uh-huh. I like Illmatic a lot. It's not the best album to me, but I'm not going to argue with anybody that think it's the best album. So what I'm saying is if you take quote unquote hip hop heads that's really into this culture, Illmatic is probably going to be the one album that's mentioned more than the other albums. I'm not going to say any other albums is not going to be close, uh-huh. but after the voting polls and shit come through with the hip-hop heads, Illmatic has a great chance of leading the votes. Right after the intro, then the first song, uh, New York State of Mind, uh-huh. you got Life's a Bitch. Uh-huh. What, what's that sample from? Uh, Gap Band. Sure is. Yearning. Yeah. So, yeah. Them, so okay, Tulsa yeah. not only fucking, you know, help birth the fucking greatest song in black culture they got a piece and stake and stock and ownership in fucking the fucking greatest Life's quote unquote hip hop album yeah they, they sample yearning yeah, in, in yearning. New York City yeah. okay so that's like a special thing about Tulsa to me and, and last one I'm gonna just say it real man Chris McCain give you that music yeah. the, the music uh, gems and, and the last thing I'm, Tulsa, I'm gonna say about that is real quick is uh who went baseline and dunked on Jordan? <laughs> Who's that, Starks? Uh, so that we can uh, wrap this Tulsa thing up. <laughs> hey, between those three things right there, Tulsa should just pound their chest like a gorilla and be so proud. y'all, man. For those three things <laughs> right there, Shout out John bro. Starks, man. Yeah, yeah. No doubt, no doubt. I like that right there. You put that together, man. I used to, when I was at the station, uh, I had a, uh, for a little bit, I had an overnight show, 12 to 5. Uh-huh. And and it was called the after party, and every every I would end every show with Gat Band early in the morning. Uh-huh. Yeah, I would cut it. You know, my last song was four fifty. You know, four fifty five, and yeah, I would end it every every day with early in the morning with Gat Band, and the Green Archer Pine Band. Shout out, man! One time, that was good stuff right there, Chris. I <laughs> like that. I like that. Um, real quick, let's let's go let's go through that. Some of your favorite albums and artists. You you said now you said Machiavelli. That is my favorite Tupac album. Mm-hmm. That is. That, so that's, I feel like that was Pac. That his, was him in his raw form. In his uh, premature prime. That, I don't even like to say prime because he got killed at twenty five. So well, that was Pac in his premature prime. Just I, like Nipsey. I don't even think Nipsey had made his he best hit album his, yet. Yeah, he hit his, like when you heard Higher. It's like, ooh, he was in a different pocket on he, higher. He, he, he yeah. He, than he was on Victory Lap, and Victory Lap is cold. Victory Lap is dope. But I, I think he got rob, robbed of his prime. I gotta, I gotta check out higher again. Uh, but Victory Lap is dope. Tupac, Tup, that that Machiavelli was Tupac after I've experienced the business, mm-hmm. got some money, figured out who the snakes were, and still go back to my original. You know what I'm saying? Right. Go back to my original Black Roots, Black Panther. Uh, 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 way of thinking, but I got some money and some experience now. Had Huey you know P talking on that, joint. yeah, yeah, man, that, that was good. Shit, that, yeah. those Machiavelli joints are deep, man. Oh, man, they deep, they yeah, deep. That Machiavelli is, uh, but I'm just so much of a hip hop head, I'm a fan of everybody KRS1, Cameron, E40, every fucking body. I love them, but my bias five is Pac is number one, okay. Nas and Jay Z be wrestling over second all the time, and then uh, Snoop and Too Short. Those are my favorite five. You know what I'm saying? From a skill standpoint, the first three, the last two is more of an influential in the times that kind of 
shaped the soundtrack of my life. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I'll never, I'll never throw Snoop in a in a in a top MC list. That's just me. Mm-hmm. But but one thing Snoop has, and all rappers have it, but Snoop's is undeniable and, and it's still percolating right now, 30, 40 years in the game. You know, the, you got the four elements of hip hop: MC, DJing, breakdancing, graffiti. Right? That fifth is your style. That fifth is how you walk, how you dress, right? How you talk, and Snoop bodies all that shit. And that's why you know he's in my five. He bodies he, all because he shit. don't have the longevity. Nothing close to a Jay Z. Yeah, right. Nothing close to a fucking LL Cool J. Mm-hmm. Snoop music didn't really grow that long. Let me stop. But I think a, a, a person like Jim Brown, who only played like eight or nine seasons, but people still say he was the best running back. Yeah. Just for that little short time span. Snoop was just like, oh, wow, what is this? And, and see, let me stop you. What it, is this? He, he has longevity. He's still popping. Success, yeah, but, money, but, it, but, but it's music. Ain't nobody checking for no music. Right, it's not for music. But that's where the style comes in at. Right. He, he can he can, spin, he can spin off. I'm scrolling through social media. You seen that video where they got all the different things that Snoop makes money from? Yeah. All the, the commercials he does in Japan. And he'll do a, right. vo- he'll, he'll do a voiceover book for somebody and... In Deutsch, you know, like but, it's yeah, it, exactly. It, 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 his charisma is impeccable. It's impeccable. But man. as far as the music, I think even what he did for those three years in my book, it still counts because those three years are just amazing. He was like Slick Rick on steroids. He was, he was. the he was the West Coast Crip version of Slick Rick. <laughs> and do it, you do you count you count Dogfather? Yeah. Uh, Dogfather's underrated to me. I think it's time we hit him for some of this West Coast gangster shit. I love Dogfather. Oh, that shit man. was un- that's just underrated to me. Everybody hates our father. Our father was dope. I was sitting at home about to eat dinner. Had dope, a hard man. day at the studio. It's man. good. My nigga Spanky Loke was playing basketball. <laughs> yeah, hey, Godfather. It, you know, you know why I was unslept on. It came out right out the pocket. And it ain't Dre. Yeah, and it came out right. Yeah. Hold on, you talking about the No Limit one? No, no, dog, dog father. His last one on the, Death Row. The second one. Yes, the one with Snoop's upside your head. It came out after Pac got yeah. killed, and, and people and, were still in this morning. And remember, Dre. They wanted to hear Machiavelli two, three, four, yeah, five, and six. Yeah. They didn't want to hear Dog Father. And Dre and and Dre was cutting from, from 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 Death Row. Uh huh. Daz and and Superfly, all right. those did the, all the production and stuff for. So it, it didn't have that that G Funk Dre sound to it. Dogfather and Doggy it. Style Classic. Yeah, and I also yeah. like his first album on No Limit. Yeah, I like I the like No Limit joints. Too. I like the No Limit joints. Yeah, I did. Yeah, and that first one, what was this it? This is uh, the Whatever You Say. I podcast. forgot what it was. Uh, but now I like that one with uh, Top Dollar with the Gold Flea Collar. Yeah, you dipping in my no love and baby. Yeah, yeah, I like those. Don't let I like go. Those. Yeah. I like those. Uh, Chris McCain, man, we 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 talking music. We talking music. Straight up. Um, he gave me his top five. I don't. I, I hate these these lists because I'm like you. I like everybody, man, and it's hard to to do a five. Um, you brought up Jay Electronica. Mm-hmm. He should be a top five MC if his consistency was there. Mm-hmm. You can't get this guy in the studio. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he's such a revolutionary Muslim. High thinker, you know, he, he can't, you can't. And it, I get inspired by Jay Electronic. I, I, I love Jay Electronic. The one of the, the, I tell you what, it's hard for me to give you a top five, but w- probably my top three hip hop songs, period, 
J Electronica that Exhibit C shit. Yeah, hard. That shit is hard. He, he paint the picture that like shit nigga. Is I was. That shit is uh, ridiculous. Not a single slice of pizza to my name. Yeah, man. That, then yeah, the five percent pulled up on me like rolled up on him and informed him. Those, those first. <laughs> that shit is stupid. He paint a fucking the picture. First twelve bars. Ridiculous. Right. Ridiculous. And I get inspired by that nigga J Electronica, but it's not more so the raps. It's to be chilling. That nigga don't have to post every day. He don't have to be everywhere. He could be chilling for a whole year, yeah. whole eight months or whatever. And when he drops, shit gonna stop. Yeah. I like that. But you I I, I will say this. I, I And I'll be honest enough to say this. The last album with him and Jay-Z. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I still want something I can bob my head I was head happy to. to hear them going back and forth. But overall, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I want see what some, you're saying. I want something I can bob my head to still. Give me a couple tracks. Uh-huh. I know you smart. I know you a deep thinker and all that, but eh. And that's why Kendrick is starting to, eh. That's why Kendrick's starting to, come on, man. Right. Come on, man. You go from uh, all right to, eh. Yeah. I, I, give me something I can jam to still. Right. I like to think. I, I swear I do. I love to think. But I still need to nod my head at the stoplight. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you got to find that perfect balance, and that's, and, and that's and what it, I'm doing. And with Jay Electronica, how you, I, and I know it's Jay-Z, but this is my album. I, I, you can't be the first voice I hear on my album. But I think he's playing that game. I, I mean, I think he, obviously. he's benefiting off making people work, wait for an album. And then you think you're finally about to get that album, and Jay-Z's on it, which is a dope gangster move. That's a blessing. Basically he's a joint Jay-Z, track. He's on it, and nobody even knew. Yeah. So it's safe to say that Jay Electronica still ain't dropped the album. And I think they know <laughs> right. that. Right. He dropped the album, but he still hasn't. And I think they know that yeah. shit. Yeah. I think the real Jay Electronica's album is still going to come. And he got another one that's probably better than that one that's on YouTube. It's like Acts 2 or something. Really? Okay. Yeah, but. Okay. Who, give, give me some of your, your the local artists you've, art, you've worked with. Who are some of your personal faves? Man, I don't want to leave nobody out, but uh, duo, um, Latroy Mack. Duo was, duo was. Oh my, that's my brother. Duo was ridiculous. He was on my last show, but that's my brother. I I tried to do a little rapping thing. I had some homies, and we we tried to do a little thing thing, and we had a shows at Samurai, and and <laughs> duo came up there, <sighs> and we had like some open mic stuff, and then we we had a couple songs we performed. And Duo came up there, and that's my first time seeing him. And and I'm my partner Bones, right? Knew him, Bones Justice. He knew him already. Skinny Bones, Bones, yeah, Skinny I know Bones. Bones, yeah. Bones is hard too. Yeah. And he was like, and 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 then once he started opening his mouth, I said, Oh my God, what's you know, dude's voice and everything. I said, This dude right here is yeah. sounds like uh, what's what's my man's name? Rap with Buster Rhymes. Lord have mercy. Yeah, that nigga yeah. was an alien. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about duo, but in, yeah. a, in a good nah. way. But uh, what what you say, Jay Friend said about different? Different ain't different no more. People just doing duo it just was do different. It. And, yeah, he and, was. But he wasn't different on, with intentions. Nah. He was naturally different. Yeah, he he wasn't like that for no Instagram likes. Nah, nah. He wasn't like that for no fucking followers. He was just him. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, duo for sure. Uh, Latroy Mack, uh, Chris Savage, uh, Courtney Lachelle, uh, Index, um, Steph Simon, of course, Dalton, um, a lot of a lot of them. Uh, it's, it's some nice motherfuckers around here, man. Um, uh, JB is nice too, for sure. Uh, who else? It, it's it's a lot of us. I don't even want to leave nobody out because I actually put on a lot of shows for uh, a, a span of time, and I had a 
a, a hip hop. After putting on a lot of shows for a couple of years, I had a spot that lives forever. It was only open for seven months. I put on so many shows without even performing. So I say all that to say this: I I know where the the hard motherfuckers is at around here. <laughs> I know where the where the dope rappers is at around here, and I don't want to leave none of them out. But there's some talent out here, man. You know what rappers are doing now? Something I've noticed: the producer rapper kind of solo joints that that's kind of picking up mm-hmm. currency does a lot of them with harry fraud uh freddie gibbs didn't he just win a grammy right uh what was oh, that? he was nominated or, or nominated he win one? Yeah. was he nominated okay uh and i think it was that bandana was it bandana or no the freddie gibbs album uh-huh uh fettuccine fettuccine yeah and that was is that alchemist that was yeah. the main producer alchemist, that yeah so you know and and we talked about benny the butcher and these guys have these you know, and it's a lot of rappers that hook up with producers. And, you know, Rock Marciano just did one with, with Alchemist. Is, is that something that, that you got interest in? I mean, I, I'm, sure you, I'm sure you got interest in if you can get someone with a producer at that level. But is there anybody out there that you would want to just say, you know what, I like your style. I want to do something with just you and your production. Uh-huh. And let's just get in the studio and just vibe out. If I could just have Kanye, Pete Rock, DJ Quick, Charlie Wilson and Raphael Sadiq. I don't need nothing else. <laughs> he said, "Y'all I, got my hooks." I shit out the best album ever known to man, bro. That that that's your that's your dream team production right there. Yes, yeah. I sh- I shit out the best album ever known to man. Kanye's production slipping a little bit. You got a right to think that. You got a right to think that. You don't. You don't. You don't agree. I just think uh, he more some quantity over quality these days. That last album had 20-some songs on it. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> they was trash. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I just, I, I respect Kanye, man. It's some of the other stuff outside of music is head-scratching, but it, it, it's starting to affect his music now to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I was a big fan of the first three albums. And and what was it? What, what, which one was Bound 2 on? That was my jam. I like that one. Yeah, yeah I, Bound I like, was hard. I like I like Bound. That was Jim. Hey, you know who's kind of the new Quick right now? But I don't want to just throw Quick's name around like that because they are different. But I would just say he's the new uh, Quick because he's that uh, hit boy. But I'm not. I'm not trying to say that he is Quick I, verbatim. I, I like I like I like hit or boy. even the mo- the new Dre. You know I, what I'm I, saying? I, I, I feel that I like just hit boy. basically that staple hip hop producer from the West. He, I, I like him. Um, that shit he did with Nas was dope. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he what he got something he about to do with Game or something like that. Well, I think they already did it. Did they already yeah, do that already one. Out, yeah. um, so I mean, uh, I, I like Hit Boy. I remember when he tried to do it as a rapper, he didn't. He didn't really move me much. But right. His production's dope. You know, though. his daddy rapped too. Who's his daddy? Big Hit. Really. He got a song right now. He a blood. I don't know if he locked back up or what, but he did a lot of time. Yeah. But he got a video on YouTube. Big Hit. That's Big his hit. daddy. Yeah. He nice. He, he got, he got one song that I love. Yeah, it's called "G's Ain't Supposed to Cry." <laughs> you have to check it out. All right, we gonna check it out, man. Mm-hmm. We are gonna check it out. Uh, Chris McCain, we'll keep you for a little bit longer, man. Uh, give me your sports on the sports side. I know, I know, music is one part of you. If you listen to your music, we know that sports is the other side. Love basketball, hip hop, is basketball with heaven. Yeah. I love. Uh, I don't love uh, football, but I like it a lot. I like competitive <laughs> sports. I get, I get into it. But how's your game? Basketball. Yeah. 
Man, you I sh- could play, bro. Do you still play? Yeah, no bullshit. I cannot play for three, four months and go back to pick up gym. Like, this one gym, they play on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I could go tomorrow, man, and, and really just dominate. Like, and, not and, even talking shit, bro. And shit. your wind and endurance and everything is right there. Yeah, I'm a natural hooper. I mean, I can't do the same thing I could do when I was 27, but for the most part, bro, like, I got a lethal weapon as far as shooting. I about to say, st- how old are you, 39? Yeah, but I still got my first step and all of that, like. That jump shot got to get right at 30, in your 30s now. Yeah, but I can always <laughs> shoot my whole life. Uh-huh. But, you know, I, um. I fucking started playing organized basketball when I was eight, nine years old. You know what I'm saying? I always, uh, I started at Millwood in middle school. You know what I'm saying? Uh, started freshman year two. Um, got got some JV burn as a freshman. And then when I went to Northwest class in second semester of freshman year, I got more JV burn as a freshman and even uh-huh. got some varsity burn and, sco- okay. and scored my first bucket in varsity as a freshman. Okay. And mind you, <laughs> my birthday is in June, bro, so I'm 14 the whole school year. I'm 14 years right, old as a right, freshman. Right. When the school year ends, I'm still 14. I'm one of those freshmen that was 14. Yep. I got kicked out, but I was one of those people that was going <laughs> to graduate at 17. Right, right. And, and I'm not shunning anybody, though, bro, but it's like a lot of niggas was – 14, 15 that I was playing against in eighth grade. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was 14 as a freshman. So is it safe to say that I scored varsity as an eighth grader? <laughs> no, I'm saying. So it's like I'm not saying I'm the best hooper around this motherfucker because right. there's plenty of motherfuckers. Hey, but, but, there's plenty of motherfuckers that hoop better than me. But what I'm saying is I don't important. just talk this basketball shit just to talk it. That's important I can play this up. shit. I could play this shit, Hey, bro. when you came up playing – that was important. And I was starting varsity as a sophomore, let, let 15 get, years old. Let me get some burn as a freshman. And, and, and That's important, I, I was starting man. varsity at 15 Hell years yeah. old, bro, but I had <laughs> I got hurt in summer league and had major uh, surgery. I yeah. had to have major surgery, bro. So um, Actually, I had surgery during the school year, but I was the, the uh, starting point guard for Northwest at 15 which a lot of niggas was freshmen at 15. So is yeah. it safe to say I was a starting point guard as a freshman? <laughs> no, I was just talking about shit. But I came back, I, I wasn't the same. You know, <laughs> I, I scored like seven, eight points in a couple games when I came back my junior year, but my knee wasn't the same. It didn't, still ain't the same to this day. But didn't it, have that confidence. But it's it, good huh? enough, so I lost focus. I ain't really focused on school like that no more. But yeah. even though I was only 5'8", man, I can hoop. So, but yeah, I love this hooping shit, bro. I coached at Millwood. Uh, you know, Ricky Hunt and all of them? Yeah, they seniors this year. Them is my babies. I coached them when they was in fourth grade. It was okay. my first coaching job. Okay, we played a season at um, at, we played a season at Santa Fe Club, and then we had a playoff to, uh, we played a championship within our season and uh-huh. won in the city. So in the playoffs, we played from different peop- uh different teams, fourth grade teams from all over Oklahoma that won in their area. So all the winners came together and played a, a playoff at Santa Fe Club. And this is something they have been doing for probably about five or six years at Millwood, this uh, little league thing that Miss Spears was over. Okay, That was my first year coaching, bro, and that was their first time winning it. You know, I ain't trying to talk shit, but it's like – and I'm not even saying that I'm the best when it comes to X's and O's, but I think I'm the best when it comes to teaching reactions and teaching, giving confidence, and managing a team. You know what I'm saying? You ever I, tried to get back in there, in the culture? 
This is uh, the Whatever I You love Say it. podcast. Well, I can't. No time. Because if you notice, most kids, I mean, most people that coach, they got a kid that play. Because that's a lot of time in the gym, yeah. practice, taking kids to games, taking kids to practice, staying at the gym after practice until all the parents come to get their kids. You can't leave early. Right. And then sometimes you got to take some of them kids home. That's a lot of time. I can't give time as money. I can't give all of my time to hooping like I would like to without that bag. If the bag was there, I would do it. But I, I love hooping, though. I, mean, I love basketball, man. Hey, you heard Chris McCain. Just give him the right contract. He'll be up there. He'll be out there. He'll but, yeah, Ricky, Ricky uh, Hunt and all of them, them was my babies, man. They still my babies. Uh, I was so Went proud to, to see them win that championship last year. Shout Historical. Out. The Wood Made Sports Center, baby. Uh, what big big freshman hit the big shot? Oh, Jaden Nickens to, to win the game. One, the truth, like uh, I don't like to just throw names out there like that, but uh, they saying he looking like I don't just want to throw names. Oh, out come there on like now, that. you gonna you gonna you put know that what I'm about him? to say? You gonna put that on? You know what I'm finna say? <laughs> you know what I'm finna Is say? Is he looking like that? I, I haven't who, seen who him. I'm finna say? I haven't seen him since. Who I'm finna say? I, I don't know. Who? Who you finna say? They saying he looking like the next Mandrell Dean. Oh, okay. Hey, on the football okay. field. But that's a lot. M. Dean. Hey, that's a lot, though. Okay, now. Because to learn me. Your, learn your history now. A person that grew up in the gym with my daddy and my uncles. Yikes. And I saw Estelle Laster and shit when he was a freshman. I'm about to say, you went, you went to Northwest class, and I know you. My daddy came out of Northwest class, and okay. that's why the Northwest was really east side. They was taking all the east side kids and I think to, to Northwest. Estelle was, he was, I think, a year older than me, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah, so. And, and I seen Estelle. I seen Joe. I seen everybody. He, he was nasty, man. But this Jaden Nickens kid, I seen Stevie Clark. And he Stevie Clark is the greatest to me. But this Jaden Nickens kid, just as far as a freshman, the shit that he could do and how he was doing it, I haven't saw that before. And I'm I don't want him. always the comparison is the thief of joy, but I'm just like, oh, my goodness. I'm going to check then, him out I'm, talking, I'm taking my daughter to T-ball practice. And then I see him on the football field with pass. So I, I was just thinking he a kid having fun playing two sports. Because uh -huh. Allen Iverson, LeBron, all of them, a lot of them was two-way players until later. It's kind but of the but I, I fucking look up, he had D1 offers already before he even played a football game. Just like in basketball, Jaden Nickens had a visit from Auburn and OSU at Millwood before the basketball season even started. He had people coming to visit, and he had offers in basketball. Now, as soon as he put on football pads, he get a fucking – D1 offers already, and now, I don't know if you know the latest, he's ranked number four in the country in his class. In 2025, at wide receiver in the United States, he's ranked number four in the country, and he's ranked number one in Oklahoma. And I called my partner, uh, and I said, bro, am I just out the loop? I don't know how these new politics work. I said, fam, am I out the loop? And I don't know how shit works. I said, how is my little nigga Jaden ranked like this already? He ain't played a game. Right. He said, because he won 90 and 6364. He <laughs> killing in these football camps. And I'm like, all right, bet. Then I called my other old school partner, Quentin Newman, that knew me since I was a baby because yeah. him and my mama graduated yeah, together. I know Quentin. I said, I said, man, I asked him the same thing. He said, hell yeah, that motherfucker the truth. Quentin know he said, everything. He said, look, Chris, man, you a basketball guy. You want to know something about football? He said, talk to me. He said, I was arguing with motherfuckers last year telling them he better in football. So this kid is the truth. So from like working out with LeBron James and shit to even this, like a lot of people probably envy it. Like, oh, how is he like this and he ain't even played the game? I say don't envy it. Fucking embrace it. Yeah. We witnessed some historical shit. I gotta, the kid didn't rank himself. 
He didn't, he didn't write himself. You can't be mad at him. I got to talk to the coaches. I did not. I didn't know it was it was like this with the youngster. Right. He, he didn't. He didn't. He, there were times when he didn't play during the basketball season last year. Right. And then all of a sudden he, he didn't game winning shots. To me, in, with all due respect, they didn't know how to tame that pit bull, man. They didn't know how to tame him, but it still all worked out. But we it was see, almost kind of blasphemous for him to be coming off the bench. We're gonna see. We're gonna you know? see. Hella, uh, 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 hell of a season last year for those Falcons winning that state. And uh, Chris McCain, he just put it out there, Jaden Nickens. Uh, whenever this we drop this and you hear this, straight up, you got some work to do. Millwood Heritage Hall tomorrow at Millwood. Get you your tickets, work to baby. Do. Ten dollars. <laughs> you got you know some work to do. Chris McCain, man. Once again, I appreciate you coming through uh, to the whatever you say studios. One last time, man. Put your social media and everything out there for folks. Chris the God MC came, man. Um, my number one social media is Instagram, but I'm on Twitter too, of course, Facebook. Get on Apple Music, fucking YouTube, Spotify, whatever title. You can type in Chris McCain. My shit will pop up. If you type Chris the God MC before you even put Kane on there, the shit is going to pop up. You know, I got some music that's that's timeless that's going to be bumping today, tomorrow, and 10 years from now. I make timeless shit. You know what I'm saying? Learn about it and don't wait till I die to go back and be like, oh, my goodness. Learn about it right now. Give my man his flowers right now like we have uh, tried to do right here with this broadcast. Uh, Arrived, Now That I'm Here, yeah. the latest joint. Go check that out on Apple uh, Music. And be on the lookout for Arrived, Now That I'm Here. I got my niggas with me for Fire uh, Nation. It's going to be a solo, but it's going to feel like a compilation. Big, big, big album with uh, from 405 Nation. Yeah. Real quick, how much uh, people look at you crazy with the God MC nickname? Uh, we in the Bible Belt. We in the South. So they looked at me like I was crazy. They looked at me like I was blasphemous. You know, me feeling like can't nobody fuck with me in rap is the reason why I call myself the God MC. But it's sure. not the number one reason. It's, it's Genesis 127, God created man in the image of him. Black people, we need to have more confidence in ourselves, more self-love, know our true history, world history too. Not even just no no religion shit. I'm talking about uh, Alpha and Omega, first man type shit, yeah. image of God. We need to know our real history. So I call myself the God MC because I'm a, a reflection of God and not only because nobody can fuck with me and rap. And I also feel like you a God. Every black man is a God. No doubt. You know what I'm saying? But being in the Bible Belt and calling myself that, of course, you know the challenges that came with that. My daddy looked me at, at straight up. He said, I don't like it. Uh, straight right. up because my daddy is definitely a church going man. Love my daddy. He said he don't like it. But you know what I'm saying? It grew on him because he, he probably learned that it, it was no disrespect. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And Oklahoma, we in the South. This is not no 5% of area. You know what I'm saying? This is no nation of Islam era. We, we, we don't, this is the South. This is mm -hmm. a Bible Belt. So you know what type of time it is somebody calling themselves a God or even talking like that. You know what type of time that is. It's people probably still feel like it's a certain way. And it's all good. I've always been able to uh, have big, big nuts and innovate in the city on many different levels. And this is another way I will. And I just basically broke down my government name, Chris McCain, and having a lack of respect for my government name because <laughs> it is a slave name. There you go. So it's like, it's like, fuck my government name, but I break it down. Chris the God MC Kane, I remix it and make it my name. And the reason why I call myself the God MC is not only because I think that I'm a dope-ass rapper and other people think that I'm a dope-ass rapper too. You hear me on a song, see me at a show, hear me freestyle on the radio, whatever. It's not... It, that's not the number one reason why I call myself the God of C or feel like nobody can fuck with me and rap. I, I think it's because 
not only I remember I could listen to a beat and do a song and memorize my raps, you know, when I'm doing a this live show, that's when I'm in really in rare form. I'm better than fucking my records. But if you go to an artist show like 10 times within two years, they'll do a lot of the same songs. They mm-hmm. don't do new songs because when you get up there performing live without your vocals and you're doing new songs, sometimes people have to learn how to memorize those songs and perform those right. songs. I call myself the God MC because I bullshit you not. If you had Pro Tools on your computer and you play the beat, I sit here and listen to the beat for like 30 minutes to an hour and I do a song. I sit up here and memorize my raps. Then when you hit record, I might fuck up. I might one take it or I might, it take, might take me five or six takes. Mm-hmm. You know, I might be thinking too much trying to remember it and then I'll finally get it. I might listen to that song a couple times. I call myself the God MC because that very same song that we could do today uh, next weekend you can just throw the beat on and I'm going to do that shit live with no vocals I'm going to perform it live in front of people when it's going to come out clear uh, a rap that was just fresh on my brain that I was fucking up when I was recording it but I could do it live like I've been knowing the song yeah. and, and and that's not me talking shit that's just me really re- realizing the gifts that I got from God and um, that's why I call myself the God MC I've been driving on my way to shows and make up a verse on my way there. Like I just did the Legacy yeah. Festival in and Tulsa. Perform it. Yeah, I just did the yeah. Legacy Fest in Tulsa. Big ass crowd in downtown Tulsa, North Tulsa. And two people that's on the Motown song with me, they wasn't gonna be there. I forgot they was out of town, something with the family. Right. So I had room for another verse. I made up the I did my verse that's on the album, but I made up another verse on the way down there. And I was talking about recent topics like the shooting in Buffalo and different shit like that. Mm-hmm. And, and it was like, I told myself, do I even want to roll the dice like this? Because yeah. if I fuck up in front of these people, because when I was saying it to myself on the way down there, I fuck up sometimes. And then, like, right before it was time for me to perform, I was kind of saying it to myself, and I was fucking up. But I still believed in myself, and I knew how great it would be if I did it. Yeah. And I rolled the dice. And it's little shit like that, that when I do shit like that, I was so proud of myself. And, and I'm the motherfucking God MC, bro. I risked it all. I could have made a fool of myself. Like, damn, this nigga tripping. I could have got up there and fucked up in front of all them people. <laughs> but I did that because I'm the God MC, bro. I am am. Nobody Confidence, can, Nobody can fuck with me, man. You got to have it out here. Seriously. Uh, r- real quick, did you, did you do some shows with or, or travel with J Electronic or did you open up for him? Or Man, when I had the was supposed to, or? when I had this hip hop spot on the east side, Memory Lane. Okay, I remember that. I was doing local shows and shit, and I'm also a networker. I was networking online, Instagram. This is 2014. It got shut down in the spring of 2015. They raided me. I went to jail. It was this one cat that I met from the Bay Area at the time, but he lives in New York now. We used to communicate, but all these years he'd be emailing me. His thing is uh guys like J Electronica. They known, but they really kind of underground. Yeah. Or guys like Mob Deep that was popping at one point, but they older now. Kind of like Drink Champ artists. Okay. Like guys that was really mainstream, yeah. but they still known, but they just yeah. not yeah. at their peak no more. Our he emailed me proposals all the time because he be having his hands on tours and shit. And um, even Benny the Butcher, I almost brought Benny the Butcher to Oklahoma City. 
2017, they was going to be in Dallas, mm-hmm. and I was going to bring them here on a Sunday. But I was just like, nah, people don't really know him like that. I didn't really want to take that chance. But long story short, one day he emailed me like, what you think about J Electronica? And I'm like, oh, shit, let's do it. So all money in, like Nip say, I funded that shit myself. Mm-hmm. You look up, shit is getting canceled. You know, he canceling in New York. He just ca- he did a few dates, but he just started canceling. Right. And then I'm like, fuck. I'm like, all right. And, I, and I'm like, shit, I guess I'll just get my refund. You know what I'm saying? Because ticket sales was doing good, uh-huh. but they wasn't doing like I expected them to do. I don't know if it's because the Oklahoma City market. I don't know if it's because of the pandemic. Because, mind you, this was a time where people were still kind of really afraid to get out the house. Right, right. So uh, I just said, all right, man, fuck it. Just give me my refund because I, J Electronica being so unpredictable, I also didn't want to reschedule. And then he do it again. Then I'm going to be yeah. fucking looking like a fool. Yeah, so yeah. I just said, fuck it. Uh, just give me my money back. And then uh, my wife was like, you still got to do it anyway. My rock, my wife, shout out to her. I wouldn't be me without her. She said, you got to do it anyway. So I made a post and like, look, man, I'm going to give everybody their money back. And uh, you can come to the show for free. And I'm going to give you some free merch when you come. And I didn't know if people would be salty or what. But, man, it was probably a couple hundred people there, man. It was one of my best shows ever. Yeah. And uh, that's how that worked out like that. And I felt like that was an artist that pretty pretty much aligned with me in a show because I can't do a show with anybody and it kind of be cohesive and line up the same way. You know what I'm saying? We might do it again still in the future. Who knows? I I told his DJ, man, I said, if we ever do it again in the future, man, it's going to have to just be a, a fucking... 48 hours type notice show you gonna right. have to like be here physically with me nigga yeah. like I'm not about to send y'all no, no money and you don't pop up and yeah. uh yeah. yeah and it took me a while to get my money too I was kind of getting heated I yeah. thought I was gonna have to go to New York and find this booking agent bro that's how I really actually started talking to his DJ yeah. cause this is his official DJ I did my homework this dude had been all around with JLA. So I reached out to his DJ and he was like, oh, you know, we talked about it. He knew the dude that I had been booked through and he was just talking about, I didn't hear J Electronica on the phone cussing this dude out. Yeah. So, I, you know, but he ended up sending my money and it, it ended up being all good. All love. So we'll see. You know, maybe maybe the guy MC bring uh, J Elect and other acts down here uh, in the future, man. Maybe so, man. Well, listen, if you do, let me know. You was going to come to that one? I, yeah, yeah, I was going to come to that Straight one. Straight up. I, was, they, they, I saw Kanye, Conway. Conway the Machine is supposed to be down here uh, September sometime. Uh-huh. But they canceled that one. Yeah. So he, he said he canceled his whole tour. Well, let me just, let me put another show together, man. You ain't got to worry about let JLA know, or motherfucking Conway, man. Let me know. Let me know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm with you, man. Like I say, I'm waiting. Let me know when, when the... Uh, when the Chris McCain and, and, and JB joint concert, joint project come out. Straight up. I'm hey, let me ask you this. What, your time in Kansas City, what was that like? How would you compare the inner city and the neighborhoods and the schools and the people and the nightlife and the street culture? How would you, the similarities and the differences with Oklahoma City? The similarities is Crips and Bloods. Yeah. A lot of Crips and Bloods. You would see Crips and Bloods hanging together. You would see a dude wearing a lot of blue hanging with a dude in a lot of red. Mm-hmm. You know, that was new to me when I went up there. Um, as far as the music, like local guys like Tech 9 I had heard about him, but I didn't know how big he was uh-huh. and how dominant he was uh, in the Kansas City uh, Midwest area till I moved up to Kansas City and, and, and learned about it like that. He's like, he's like Master P of Kansas City. Right. You know what I mean? Um, 
uh, other guys. Remember, what you say? You brought a Fat Tone, uh, Rich the Factor, um, a lot of guys, a lot of talent out of the Kansas City area, and a lot like Oklahoma City, Kansas City was heavily West Coast influenced, heavy, heavy West Coast influenced, as far as the music goes, uh, entertainment life, a, a lot of restaurants and clubs got live music. Like you'll walk in, like you know how we'll go to Pearls or something, right? Uh-huh. You walk into a random restaurant like Pearls in Kansas City, and they got you know a live band in there, and they got a whole strip of bars and restaurants where live, you got live music playing out of each one. So you got that 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 kind of, you know, uh, uh, it was almost like a college scene, mm-hmm. you know, with that type of music and that type of people just out in the streets. So, but Kansas City's like a big little city, right? It's not New York, it ain't L.A. Not quite Chicago, but it's right there. A lot bigger than Oklahoma City, Dallas, things like that. So I love Kansas City. Uh, and, and like a lot of people who leave Oklahoma for a little bit, they come back. I came back like a year or two after I graduated high school. Supposed to play basketball myself and do all that, but turned into a knucklehead and got in trouble. And, and, and here we are 20, 25 years You was nice years like later. that on the court? I was cool. I had I had I had How some, tall are you? I had some partial looks. I'm about six two and a half. Okay. You know what I mean? Uh, as a youngster This is Kansas City where you finish? Or here? Can, yeah, Kansas City. Uh I went to high school in Shiny Mission, Kansas. I lived in Kansas City. Okay. It's right there on the border. So what your school in that town, uh-huh. what was it like? Three A, two A, four A? It was no, nah, it was a big school. It was a big, big white school. Okay. Um, um so imagine the culture shock. Coming from Douglas to uh, out of town, right? Bishop McGinnis, you know what I mean? It was so it was it was weird. A big old school, big old parking lot. You got big nice cars and BMWs in the parking lot. My daddy's still driving me to school, uh, so you know it was it was different. So rewind back a little bit though. When you was at Millwood in middle school, did you play? You played for Coach Post? No, nope. you didn't play. No, I didn't. I did. I I did make it. Okay. In middle school, it, it was, was like, real political. It was three hundred kids in the gym, trying to make the. So you was a late bloomer. You got better in high school. I was, I was, I was, I, I guess I put it like this. I was better. Yeah, I got better as I got older. Of course, uh, I wasn't as good as I thought I was mm-hmm. out there on, on recess, and we play on that little rickety uh, goal on on the side in middle school. I'd be killing out there. And that's the realness of '80s babies, right? Because you know we come through the realness of looking on the wall. That Michael Jordan say? shit and look say? for your name and it's not on there. Yeah, I don't even think they do that type of shit no more because we living in a very they, sensitive society. I almost now. think you know already. Yeah, but, I, but I don't, they don't actually cut people no more. Right, we, we live right, in a sensitive right. society. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But I remember those tryouts every year at Millwood and Coach Post, and I remember kids crying in the locker room. They be crying because uh, because of course you know Millwood got that heritage and that that. That lineage, you know, of your family and yeah. your mama, daddy, grandma, grandpa. So the teachers know you. They know your family. They know that your uncle was a hell of an athlete. So, you know, there's a there's a little bit of that. Yeah, let's squeeze him in there. You know, there's a lot of that. So, And I came in and got crowned pretty quick as far as the best player in the school. You know, so I was really pretty. I had my same hoop game. Did you go the whole in time? Eighth grade. I went fifth through ninth. At fifth through ninth, okay. You know what okay. I'm saying? But, yeah, um, so you played against Jeremy Inch. You remember Inch? I can't think of his last name. I Jackson? Know, you know Dominique Godwin? 
Butch, uh, Theron Lust. I play, I play, me and Butch play. You remember Theron Lust? Yeah, big dude. Yeah, yeah. That's my partner. Uh, uh, Theron wanted to, I think Theron wanted to fight me like over a chick one time. Yeah, yeah, it sounds about, right. <laughs> uh, uh, sound about right. But, uh, about right. But, uh, but me and Butch, uh, we played football, Little League. His uh -huh. daddy was a coach for the T Birds. Okay. Uh, we used to practice over there on the east side. Mm -hmm. um, and fucking Mylon Darby. Mylon Darby, yeah. yeah. yeah Impact, yeah. shout out to Impact. Yeah, man. Oh, so. Man. Nah, man, a lot of these cats are still around doing their thing, and uh -huh. I was right there in it. You know, I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, uh, I wasn't, especially at that age, I wasn't out there as far as hanging out and and look at me and, and look what I'm doing. I was just going to school, going to the house. Uh, but I remember a lot of these cats, um, and like I said, some of those cats ended up switching over, going to Douglas in high school. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So... You was over there with Tommy Daniels and all them crazy Tommy horse. Daniels, Tiny Mo. Ass. Tiny uh, Mo. Tiny Mo. Tiny Mo was a senior when I was a freshman. Uh -huh. Tiny Mo was a hard little nigga, man. Yeah. He was oh, a hard yeah. little nigga on the court. Yeah, he, he, yeah. He was cut, though. Eastside legends, my nigga. Yeah, Eastside originals. Yeah, man. So, Hell yeah. Nah, shout out to that that whole crew, man. Uh, uh Douglas Millwood, I know they beefing, but it's all love at the end of the oh, day. Oh, hell yeah, it's all love. Um, what they need to realize is we are one. I always, you know, I always we, say we, we can have our pride and our tradition and let's hold on to it because that's what makes us a city and a culture. But never forget that we are one. We black like a motherfucker. We are one. I came up, I came up a big fan of college basketball. Mm -hmm. And it was a lot of talk about Tobacco Road. And and that's that's the, the same road that Duke University and North Carolina are on. Mm -hmm. I used to say, nigga, that's that's Douglas and Millwood. Straight up. That's 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 Mill that's Martin Luther King. Hell yeah. You and, know, you go you go four minutes up the road and your rivalry's right there. And, and, say with we, all, and with all the gentrification going on, you see what they right. did to Northeast? Yeah, man. They wanna do it to Douglas. They're gonna have a hard time because of the alumni. But if it does happen, Millwood is gonna be the last East Side school where all the East Side kids go. You know what I'm saying? You see how hood John Marshall and Putnam City North is now? Yeah. That's because when everybody left the inner city and left the east side and was going to the north side, calling themselves moving up or whatever, right. these rain dance and, and uh, Lincoln Green babies, <laughs> right. they out here got, got teachers scared to come to school uh, now. They paying subs $150 because they scared. You know what I'm saying? So the... the the fucking suburbs is going to end up being the new hood while they gentrify the east like a motherfucker because yeah. they want to live close to downtown. That's what's happening hey, right now. Hey, Grandma's like, house going for 250000 on 13th and Lottie now. Hey, hold the same spot. house that was selling for like $8,000 15 years ago, they want a quarter million for it now. Hold your spot. Hold your spot. But uh, that's Chris McCain, folks. It's more than a rapper sports around here, man. Hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? My man is obviously enthralled in the community. Obviously, uh, uh, cares about what's happening the generation after us. Um, and uh, shout outs to, to, to your family, man, and, and, and your wife, and Thank you. and hopefully you and your household can can flourish and, and and make that next generation to have something to do with the uh, uprising of that next generation, man. So straight up, Chris the God MC McCain. Once again, thank you, my brother, and uh, we got to do this again sometime. Yeah, we do, man. I'm with it, all right. It's a pleasure. Chris the God MC McCain. Whatever you say, podcast, huh? Podcast, huh? I don't think it's white folks. I think it's Negroes. I do not think this is white folks. It could be. It could be white folks. But I think it's Negroes. I think a Negro did this.
This is the Whatever You Say podcast. Be yourself. Learn about yourself. And develop yourself. And cultivate yourself. Because yourself is God. God in a female body. God in a male body.